Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Before we continue with tonight's program, here are a few scenes from an upcoming show. An outstanding saga begins. The geese, they're here! Those Callaways, a rugged backwoods family devoted to each other and to an impossible dream. What's on the top side of your mind is buying a lake so as ever Tom, Dick, and Harry Goose from Canada can set himself down on it. Well, Ma, Pa and me were only iffing on that one. And those Callaways battling for a way of life they believe in. A life filled with love and danger. Wait a minute, are you crazy or something? Hey, what's the idea? Quick! Don't miss this courageous family, those Callaways, coming on the wonderful world of Disney. Welcome everyone to your environmentally friendly Disney movie podcast, also known as Be Kind Rewind. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and we have with us again tonight, Kyra Hawkins. Welcome back, Kyra. Even though we've been talking for way long, way too long tonight. So, We're not supposed to know that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right, well, since y'all heard me say environmentally friendly, you're probably saying, Dan, what are you talking about? Well, tonight's, today's, I always think, I always forget what time of day it is, wherever you are. Today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, the overnight, hours, whatever. We are breaking down what I am going to call Disney's first environmentally friendly feet which is those Callaways which was actually released November the 10th 1964 it made more than Amel and the detectives it made 3.5 million which is 31.7 in today's money which might buy you a tank of gas <laughs> so is this another one that you had no clue what it was until you started sitting down and watching it Kara yeah, I had no clue. Never heard of it. I I wasn't really sure what to expect. And now your family is watching it in the other room. They are. <laughs> I, I hope they're paying attention, but I can hear the music. Oh, hey. Everyone is, is like, it's like we were saying off air. Everyone needs a gateway Disney film. Maybe this is theirs. And maybe they can all join us on a future podcast to talk about what they did or did not like on a future episode we can see all right um so this was your first time watching it you watched it at least twice that i know of Mm -hmm. did you watch it three times i let me think actually no i watched it um i watched half of it one day and then i started it over and watched the full movie over two or three days (laughs) 
But I feel like I got to know it really well. Yes, this is definitely not a movie that you're going to sit down and be like, oh, well, this is a 75-minute Disney adventure movie. No, this is two hours plus of what's wrong with hunting geese, I'm going to say. All right, so the synopsis which comes to us care of Wikipedia goes a little something like this. Cam Calloway, a fur trader of Irish, of Irish extraction raised by the Micmac Indians, lives on timberland near the backwoods town of Swiftwater, Vermont, in the 1920s with his wife Liddy, his 16-year-old son, his hound Sounder, a black bear cub called Keg, and a pet crow named Scissorbill. Regarded as an eccentric by residents of the town for his lifestyle as a woodsman, Cam's lifelong dream is to establish a sanctuary for the great flocks of wild geese that fly over swift water during their migrations. Cam has inculcated his dedication to the geese in his son, but Liddy is less enthusiastic. Out of love, she tolerates his ways and repeatedly forgives his lapses of whiskey drinking. At this time, Bucky starts to fall in love with his childhood sweetheart, 18-year-old Bridie Mulat, a local store clerk. Cam has his sights on making $1,100 to buy 30 acres of marshland surrounding Swift Water Lake, where he will plant a patch of corn to lure the geese into his proposed sanctuary. The final mortgage payment on Cam's own property is also coming due, so with winter approaching, he and Bucky seek a virgin territory to set out two trap lines, hoping for a lucrative season of fox and ermine that will finance Liddy's dream for a nice home as well as his own. They scout the rough Jack Pine Valley, an area never trapped before because it is unknown to the local whites and feared as a place of bad spirits by the Micmac. Disregarding his own superstitions, Cam forges his head but falls and breaks his leg. Bucky and Sounder return to the Jack Pine to set out new lines and spend the season working them. When most of the traps are ravaged by a wolverine, Bucky saves the fur season and an injured sounder by killing the wolverine when it attacks him. Unfortunately, the bottom of the fur market has inexplicably fallen out, and they realize only a quarter of the profits they had planned for. In his despair, Cam spends nearly all of it on a down payment on buying Swift Water Lake. As a result, he's unable to pay off the loan on their home, and he and his family are evicted. Forced to mow to the lake, the Calloways are surprised when many of their neighbors help them build a new home. Meanwhile, Del Frazier, a traveling salesman, schemes to convert Swiftwater into a resort for ghost hunters. Posing as a conservationist photographer, Del feigns interest in the project and gives Cam money to plant the corn patch. When the corn comes in, Bucky learns of the deception, and Cam confronts the profiteers. Cam drunkenly tries to burn his own corn patch to thwart the plan, but Liddy saves it. After Cam is seriously wounded by a hunter's shotgun blast, the entire town rallies around him. They organize a petition asking the federal government to buy the marshland for a preserve and keep them out of the hands of the hunters. As Cam recovers from his wound, Frazier and his cohorts leave town, and the dreams of those Callaways becomes a reality. Alright, so right from the very beginning, I was taking notes on this movie, and I think you were too, because you said you had five pages, very big font, but still 
five pages, and I've got probably half a page tight. But when you start a movie with a bear in the garbage, that kind of sets the tone for a movie. And then, and then the woman that turns out to be the mom and the wife of those named Calloways comes out and chases it out with a broom. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what is she doing? And then come to find out that it's a pet bear. It is a... Go ahead. Oh, it's just weird. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a pet bear that not only eats the food, he sleeps in the root cellar during the winter, and he wrestles with both the dad, who was played by Haley Mills' dad in The Parent Trap, and also with the son, which I had never seen in a Disney movie before, and I'm not sure I'm going to see him again. But his name is Bucky. And the dad's name is Cam. And they both wrestle around with the bear and don't worry about getting killed. Because they believe in nature. Specifically, geese. And only geese, apparently. Yes. Um, so the first, I'm, just to back up just a little bit. The first thing I noticed out of the gate is that I pushed play on the movie and it didn't start. Because... <laughs> Disney instantly gives you the content warning about stereotypes um, and uh, negative depictions of people or cultures. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh boy, I'm going to be rolling my eyes. Well, now let me ask you, when you started it, did it actually play for you? Um. I think I know where you're going with this. And the answer is it gave me that it started to play and then it kicked over to like suggesting a movie as though this movie had just ended. (laughs) If I had known what was coming, I might've just been like, okay, it's over. Great movie. We got to see geese flying. Yay. Yes. The bear's name is Keg and they're, they're like, they're all in love with the millions of geese flying overhead and that was a great movie wonderful beautiful okay so we will definitely be rewatching this thank you for tuning in tonight (laughs) (laughs) no for those of you who are listening to the show just shaking your heads do me a favor go on to disney plus you can pause us it'll only take 20 seconds type in those calloways hit play and, and see what yes, and see what happened. Oh, and we're back. How was your twenty second movie? Because the same thing happened to me. I got the parental guidance warning, and then fifty three million geese flew across my screen. <laughs> Those Callaways popped up, and then suddenly it sh- it shifted down to a little corner box that you usually get when you're watching the. Japanese, German, Indian subtitle people. Yeah, the credits are rolling and it goes over to the side and tells you what to watch next. Yes, and that happened every time that I had to start the movie. Yep, it's a weird glitch. Or maybe Disney knew what they were doing. Maybe. Yeah, there's part of me now that wishes I would have just clicked on that other movie (laughs) and watched it instead. Yes. (sighs) But since we are purists, we went back and actually started to watch the movie in its entirety and what a movie it was it was a slog 
Yes. Basically, the only people that care about the geese in the town of... One moment, I wrote it down. Swiftwater, Vermont, are Cam Calloway and his son Bucky, and of course their bear cub named Keg, and the crow named Scissorbill. The mom can take it or leave it. She's put up with Cam for at least 20 years. And Cam's basically turned his life over to the crows. Not the crows. That would have been an even better movie. (laughs) He's turned his life over to the geese. And he tries to protect them. And everybody else is excited. Because when they see those first 20 or 30 geese come in, they pull out shotguns and start shooting. Yeah, fun time. And... Bucky doesn't like this, and he picks a fight with the town goof, I'm going to call him, for lack of a better term. And they get into basically a schoolyard fight where everybody's just standing around watching them go at it. Okay, so everybody just standing around watching them go at it was a bunch of older men who should have stopped it. (laughs) And they just sit there and let it go on. Oh, they just need to fight it out. It's the only way anything's going to get solved. Yes, th- I mean, this wasn't a bunch of teenage and college-aged kids just standing around going, fight, fight, chug, chug, fight, fight. No, this is yeah. this is men that could have been their parents, grandparents, possibly in Ed Wynn's case, a great-grandparent. Mm-hmm. But they're all just watching them because they just care about the geese getting shot. Uh, th- <laughs> I've... A guy runs out of like the barber shop half shaved to watch this fight. Yes. And no one stops it. Yeah, and Bucky pretty much gets owned. Yep. And he slinks off and goes on home. And then the bad guy of the movie, for lack of a better term, whose name is Del Frazier, comes in and starts telling him that he's a salesman. And they're like, oh, well, sit on down. And then he realizes this, that there is a wildcat sitting in one of the rocking chairs acting as a watch cat for the store. This was like one of many details that should have been left out because it added no value. It, I think it was supposed to be funny, but I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> well... And see, they go from that to actually telling a recipe for cooking a goose. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm actually going to be able to write down, you take a goose, you... Put it in the pot. Put it in the pot. Put three cloves of onions, two pieces of carrots. No. It's basically a laughing matter that you just throw out the goose and you drink whatever you were fixing with it, which I think was what? There was like three different alcohols that he mentioned. Um, Yeah. The, the scene didn't do much except to establish that the that Del Frazier's kind of shady. Yeah. Like you just kind of I don't I don't recall that it explicitly. Well, it does kind of set up the goose thing where he's like, oh yeah, I bet y'all get excited when those come in. Yeah, because it's a flying fortune, he said. And they're like, no, we don't want anybody to come and and shoot them because they're for us. Yes. And so we cut back to Cam, and he's out pining over his 16 million geese that he has. Okay. I think he he was on a bender. Like, yeah. first meet him, and he's, like, like, frustrated that his bottle of whiskey or whatever is empty, and he chucks it into the woods. 
And then he's just been out there drinking and fishing, I guess. Yeah. For days. For days, because this is not the first time that he actually takes up a bottle during the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of notes about Cam and his drinks. But yeah, so he so he comes in and grabs another bottle and he starts talking about buying this beautiful lake which honestly i mean it's eleven hundred dollars i would have gone up there and bought it if i had eleven hundred actually i do have eleven hundred dollars where do i need to go but i actually looked that up and the no i thought i had thought i had it written down that the eleven hundred dollars is like hundred and fifty thousand dollars in today's month Right. Well, okay, so the book came out in 1950s. I never caught, like, what year this is supposed to be set in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, you ha- I had to remind myself, like, this is, like, in the in that time, whatever dollar amount they're throwing out there is exponentially more yes. than what it really, what they're saying. Yeah, but- I mean, it was, it was basically, if I were to, if I would have a chance to get that money, I'd go and... By the land, no questions asked. I wouldn't even consult you, pretty much. Which is another issue that we will lead into later on. So, we find out that Cam is a trapper. And he works mainly on Fox, Ermin, and Beaver. Are those the three that he... I think so. Yeah. And so, all year long, he's out looking for places to go. And he's got this he's got this place that the micmac used to go to that's supposedly cursed and that's why nobody ever goes there now. he should have listened to nagash yes <laughs> and so he doesn't yeah they, he says that the indians don't go be, go to it because of bad spirits but yet they're going to go there to catch a boatload of um animals because they aren't geese so obviously that doesn't matter yeah he's like a conservationist until he's not (laughs) yeah i mean the the i could see now that i'm thinking about it why they put up the the warning and only let you watch the first 15 seconds of the movie (laughs) but i mean it's he helps he helps the geese but anything else is pretty much fair game pardon the pun (laughs) yeah He's, I don't know. There was like, for being what seems like a conservationist type movie, there was more animal violence than I expected there to be. There yeah. wasn't a ton, but there was enough. enough yeah. Disturbing. I mean, it it's a it's a Disney movie, so that's the part that kind of pushes it over the line is the fact that if you see something die, it's usually off. Or yeah. That made no sense what I just said. If you see something die, it's usually off screen. <laughs> but you get you get what I'm saying. You don't yeah. actually see animals die in the movie. Except you do see some geese get shot down. Yes. In this. Anyway, so he like goes off into the woods where um his native I think we didn't mention like he was raised by the Micmac tribe. Mm-hmm. It, I, it doesn't explain anything else about that. He just was. And so the whole town insinuates that he's crazy because of this, which stereotype warning at the beginning made sense. Um, But so Nagash tells him that, Hey, the Micmacs don't go there because of bad spirits. And he 
goes anyways and immediately breaks his leg. So we somehow get him back. It it, it didn't really explain how far it actually is for the for the trek back. But the next thing we see, he's got his leg propped up, and I don't know if they got a cast or if they just got a splint on it or what. Because, well, actually, it had to have been a cast because he was he was already itching at it. He was trying to scratch the the mm-hmm. itch that he had from it healing back up. So Bucky, being the dutiful son that he is, he goes out and runs and sets the traps and comes back and goes back out with the dog. That nearly drowns himself after going after a weasel. Ah, uh, yeah. They just threw this dog out in a frozen lake. Yeah. I mean, there was like three or four times where things could have gone very badly for the dog, and I'm like, oh, gosh, Like in going. real life. Yeah, I mean, we, we, aren't, we aren't talking Disney, Disneyfication. Oh, well, he'll be fine. No, if, the, if something falls a certain way, you don't have a dog for the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, I thought... So, there's that. He falls in the frozen river. He fights the wolverine. Mm-hmm. The, like, tree falls on him, which there was an audible, like, real-life dog yelp, which yeah. made me furious. Like, they're, why, why they did these things for entertainment, I'll never understand. Um, but yeah. I thought that overall, like, with all of that, we didn't need to spend 15 minutes on Bucky's hunting trip. There was just too much there. Yeah, that that could have that could have been condensed down definitely. Yeah, I mean half of it was just the dog running in the snow. Yeah, which was fun until he almost drowns. Yeah. But if the dog would have stayed put when he was told, he wouldn't have injured his foot either, which is which is why he yelped because I actually think he got actually hurt. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. One thing that that got me backing up a little bit before they go off into the Micmac cursed Indian burial grounds, for lack of a better terms, Cam was raised by the Micmacs, but he was never taught how to buy. So Bucky buys a book that is entitled, and I quote, The Manly Art of Self-Defense. That's in all caps in my notes. Yes, this is a... This is a very valuable book that I really need to look up for when Thompson gets to the ripe age of, say, never. Because this, I mean, yeah, it taught him proper form and all, but you're not going to be punching a sack of corn if you're actually in a fight. Well, okay. And then so Cam is like, oh, I learned how to fight like an Indian. And then like tackles him and I'm like, more stereotyping. It's just gross. Oh, so you're saying that Indians can only fight dirty. Yeah. Okay. He, he, yeah, it just looks like, I don't know, it was just not a good look. Yeah. And we didn't actually mention Bucky's um, love interest, Bridie. her name, Bridie. If that is not painting a target for where you're wanting for this to go with her. Oh, yeah. Well, and it also, like, mentions their ages. Well, the synopsis says that he's 16. I don't know if if he's 16 really in the movie but in the movie she says she's 17 she is 16 going on 17 oh wait that's not that movie (laughs) um yeah so then get into like he gets into an argument with bridie while he's teasing her 
Like Mm -hmm. you're looking at some catalog or something. And um, I don't even remember what the argument is, but it ends with her like giving him her measurements, Mm -hmm. which was so strange. And, And I don't know. I can't imagine just doing that. She was like trying to prove to him that she was, she was a lady, like I'm a young woman or whatever. Oh, that's what, okay, because I had down 34, 22, 34 in my notes, and I'm like, I cannot for the life of me remember why I wrote that down, but that's Yeah, why. like, she just throws out her measurements to prove, like, I am a lady. Like, oh, but, Brady. But are you a lady if you had to tell a man what? Yeah, that's the, I don't know, she's young, I'm like, that's not what makes you a lady, but okay. Yeah. So, he comes back with a bunch of... With a bunch of um, pelts. Uh-huh. And ermine. Ermine. Ermine, which were going to... Well, there was mink. There was mink, because I think that's what they gave um, the mom for Christmas. Or was was it ermine that they were giving? I, I think it was ermine that they had uh-huh. made into the coat or whatever. Okay. But yeah, so they're, they're starting to plan what they're going to do with all this money that they're going to get. And that's where the catalog comes in. Because I think it's a Sears and Robux catalog that yeah. you could look through, and she's like, "Well, sit on down, and I'm going to tell y'all what you what we're going to be getting." Liddy's very excited. Well, yes. before, so I think we're ahead of ourselves. Or, Probably in my notes. So he shows up with all of these furs, and they're he, like they're kind of secretive. They have the ermine made into a coat for Liddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it took her 15 minutes to open the present. <laughs> They they dragged that out too long. Um, I have in my notes at this point. I paused the movie, and there's still an hour left. Okay, so that was where you paused that because she actually took a picture of this note and sent it to me <laughs> when we when we were prepping for for the podcast. I'm like, oh, and I thought she was talking about last week's. Yeah, and she's like, no, this is for those Callaways. I'm like, oh, okay, no. <laughs> so, um. I, I, we haven't talked about it, but earlier in the movie when um, Liddy and Cam are talking, like, she mentions that she wanted this, like, kind of life where she's basically not in poverty. and She has a nice house and mm-hmm. all these things. Um, and he's, it's not explicitly stated, but it becomes clear that he's not given her the life maybe that he promised or that mm-hmm. she, you know, for sure not what she wanted. And so when they give her the coat, she's very emotional because, like, she has something beautiful and nice. And then at the end of winter, they are ready to sell their furs and find out that the fur market is garbage and they're not mm. going to get as much money as they thought. Uh, yeah, I think the actual quote that was in that was, this is a backwoods boy who would never provide a girl for, yeah, who who either could never provide or would never provide a girl with anything she thinks she wants, but gives her everything that she needs. Mm, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I take issue with all of that, but <laughs> just because, I don't know, like he, they find out that the fur market has crashed or whatever, and he just instantly goes to drinking. Like, mm-hmm. for, I think the second time in the movie, maybe third time, he's just like, I'm, going to drink these problems away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think when he commits the most egregious, um, sin in the entire movie. 
Yeah, so he they they thought they were going to make enough to pay off the house, which I think they had a what a two hundred dollar mortgage on the house or something. Yeah, two or four. Yeah, so they thought they were going to have enough to pay off the house, and then everybody would actually get whatever they wanted out of the Sears and Robux catalog or whatever the catalog was, and there would still be money left over. But instead, he goes probably while he's half in the bottle and drops all the money that they had made on his dream um, lake for the geese. Yeah, he he spends all of their money on a lake to save the geese that are not endangered. Because <laughs> yeah. we just saw 9,000 of them in the sky. Yes. And so the mayor of Mayberry shows up to ask for their money for the house. Uh, and, of course, he doesn't have it. And Liddy's starting to get a little bit angry. And he tells her not to have any female back talk. Uh, okay, so I have I have so many issues with all of this. Like, <laughs> Liddy was... She had every right to be furious. Because mm-hmm. um, he spent all of their money, and now they're going to lose their house. Um, the landlord has every right to come in there and evict them because he's been like delaying their payments mm-hmm. for a while, it says. So they owe him a lot of money and he's like, well, you know, we can't do this anymore. So he's well within his rights to evict them. Cam is like the worst until, um, Doan says this thing, like, we don't need any female bot talk. This is the only time that I like appreciated cam in the entire movie. Cause he makes him apologize to her for how he's just spoken to her. Mm-hmm. Even though she was being kind of a jerk, he was just doing what was his right as a landlord. So, yeah. So there's so many problems here. Yeah. And long story short, they get kicked out of the house. They have to move by the next morning and Cam gets this brilliant idea that, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and build you the house of your dreams on the lake property. And somehow, everybody finds out about it, and they pretty much put up a house in a day. They do, but not before Cam and Liddy have a big argument, because he's going to stop working on the house to plant a cornfield for the geese. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, we don't even have a roof over our head, and you're worried about the geese. Yeah, because in the meantime, he's come out. They, they've they've actually started building the house, and Dell shows up and says, well, I got this guy who lives wherever he was, and he's interested in helping your geese. And so I heard something about y'all putting corn out, so... Here's here's some money and the money shows up and now every free moment is spent trying to get the land ready for the geese instead of not instead of getting it ready for them. I so when Icky like said dose Callaways, I think in our conversation I said, well, it would be dose at this point because if I was Liddy, I would have left. Like, you would have said deuces. Yes. Well, I mean, he's an alcoholic. He's mm-hmm. been, he's, it doesn't show us this, but it's implied at the beginning that they've had some huge fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I think you can probably guess that in some ways he might be low-key emotionally abusive. And then he's not providing anything. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I did not feel any sympathy for Cam throughout any moment of this movie. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so they do build a house in a day. Yeah, which led me to the question of if they could do that then why can't that be done now? I mean you're sitting around for six eight months waiting on someone to come over and put two by fours down in your in your front yard or not in your front yard but in your in your living room so you can get a new um floor yeah well and they were cutting down trees to make this log house yeah and I mean it's a it's a pretty nice house it it definitely raised the value of the of the property. Um, yeah. And then they have a big party in the house with a really long, drawn out, like the whole party scene was very long and they have like, they take turns singing and making fun of each other. Mm-hmm. There were a couple sexist comments in their little song that they sang. Uh, it just, I wrote, this was pointless. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was it was called a rhyme around, and I was going to bring it up that that was the first and last time I've ever heard of that. Yeah, me too. And so, I mean, yeah, so they danced around for fifteen minutes. I, I guess the only thing about this scene that moves the plot forward at all is that there's some imp- like they imply in one of their little like rhymes that. Um, Bucky and Bridie should get together and be married. Like, it, mm-hmm. like they're going to need another house before too long. Yeah. Um, and so which... Bucky, Bucky and Bridie both storm off. They get into a little discussion about her stepping out on him, which was nothing more than a big misunderstanding as mm-hmm. what happens in most Disney. Yeah. Because the town goofball had asked for dancing lessons. And so Bucky's like, well, why don't you teach me to dance? And that ends up with both of them kissing. Well, and it's, he like forces this to happen. Like he's being really mean to her and then like grabs her and forcibly kisses her and makes her cry. And that, I don't want to get too personal, but like as, as a person who has been a young woman in situations like that, it was upsetting. Um, just like, I don't know. There's, there's so many things to say about that and how wrong it is that maybe it's easier to just say that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the amount of issues that we're having with this movie is, is mounting up the, the further we actually get into the movie. Yeah. It doesn't get any better. Yeah. And so the first goose starts to show up and suddenly the guy that had, paid for cam's corn shows up with a nice little blind and i'm like yeah. Man, that's a that's a nice blind and i don't hunt so so they basically move into the bird blind and start shooting geese and i don't remember how cam ended up getting sauced on this one um i have it in my notes so the there's a back up just a tiny bit there's okay. another fist fight between bucky and Wint. Um, that all the grown men watch and don't stop again. <laughs> um, except this time, Bucky wins because he read his book. <laughs> he studied his art of self-defense. The manly art of self-defense. Yes. That one word is very important. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So 
when Cam realizes that he's kind of been fooled and that they're really wanting to turn the town into a hunting resort is when he starts drinking again. Yeah, because doesn't, doesn't he actually go out to the blind and grab a bottle? Uh, he does. He he starts drinking. He goes out there all angry. He's totally sauced. And then, um, like, when he confronts the hunters in the blind, he, like, grabs one of their bottles of whiskey and it's like, put that on my tab or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then goes and apparently drinks all of it. And then does the next stupidest thing. And sets the cornfield on fire. Yeah. Cam. No. (laughs) He needs, someone needs to have an intervention. But like, Bucky and Liddy are just like, oh no. I mean, they get the fire pit out, but it's just like, he keeps doing these, like getting drunk and doing these stupid Mm -hmm. things. There's no consequence. Yeah. But, but then there is a consequence. Because when he goes back sauced the next morning... He gets into a fight and ends up getting shot and almost dies because he has to have a transfusion, I think, from Nagash. Yeah. So, like, not only does he just go out there and and confront them and get shot, like, he's grabbing Mm -hmm. their guns out of their hands. So, just, like, how many stupid things can he do in this movie? This might be the last one, I guess, but it's just like, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. But he and, just, yeah, he, he gets the transfusion. And meanwhile, before all this started, there was a town hall where they were talking about, well, we will give 10 shares of any stock to every person in the town if they vote to turn this town into a hunting. And then they come in and tell that Cam's been shot. And so somebody says, well, those who have a mind to pray, pray. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, Cam comes around and gets told, oh, well, the people were pretty much run out on a rail. You got a unanimous unanimous vote, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, like, they approved the sanctuary. Okay, so when Cam is, like, waking up, you know, from after being shot and everyone's relieved, the geese fly over like magically. It's a beautiful moment. And Bucky says, he can hear the geese. He's going to be okay. Yes, because earlier in the movie, it was said each time a wild goose falls, a Micmac dies. So, oh, And he got the blood transfusion from Nagash, so now he's got Micmac blood in him. Yes. So therefore, he has become the holy protectorate of all things goose on Micmac Lake or whatever he's going to call it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The town approved the sanctuary. Um, that's the end of my notes and the end of the movie. Like it just ends right there. Yeah, literally. It says, as Cam recovers from his wound, Fraser and his cohorts leave town, and the dream of those Callaways becomes a reality. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, Cam is so flawed. Like I think he's supposed to be the hero, but he's horrible. I think he's actually more of an anti-hero than a hero because you want to root for him, but there's so many things that are wrong and twisted and never discussed, mainly because we're talking about the 1920s where these kind of things just didn't get. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had, like, noble intentions, I guess. 
like wanting a goose sanctuary, but um, all of it was terrible execution. He was like neglecting, caring for his family mm-hmm. and providing for them. And there's just so much wrong with it. Yeah. And the geese weren't even endangered. So like this whole mission was pointless, except that it was like it, the goose is like the wild geese is the Micmac's totem or something like that. And I don't know. Yeah. And the first day of goose season, I mean, yeah, one or two might die because people are going to pull out their guns and shoot as soon as they see the geese fly overhead. But after that, it doesn't really look like anything happens to them that that I saw. Yeah, I mean, we saw like two or three get shot out of the sky. And that um, and that was mainly at the beginning and when the bigwig showed up with his bird blind. Yeah. So... I was telling someone about this movie and I was just like, (laughs) there's not a character in this movie that I have any kind of like good feelings about. Not even Liddy. Um, I, I mean, I guess I felt sympathy for her. Yeah. I, I have to remind myself that the times were different and she probably couldn't just leave, but man, she at one point she's like if i would have known what you know 20 years ago what i know now i guess i still would have married you mm-hmm. like she doesn't sound very enthusiastic <laughs> and you can just like tell that she's disappointed yeah it was a depressing movie that somehow cobbled a happy ending at the very end yeah it was depressing it kind of reminds me of dumbo oh i've never thought of it that way well, and I just thought about it because there's so many things that Dumbo goes through. And then at the very end of the movie, he's all happy and him and his mom are riding off into the sunset well, as least... the three or four very incorrect birds sing. Mm-hmm. Well, at least in Dumbo, there's like a few little moments of joy and some comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, there's none of that in this. Or if there is, it wasn't, it fell flat. Yeah, the joke. After 60 years. I I kind of wonder, like, I mean, this wasn't really a hit for them at the time. So Mm -hmm. it's like, was it dated already by the time it came out? Yeah. And, I mean, they were, they had an idea to put a couple of known Disney entities in there. With the dad from The Parent Trap. And with Ed Wynn. But, I mean, it wasn't, I, I don't even know how to, how to fix it. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I do know how to fix it. The first time that he, or actually probably the second time that he would have come home, drunk off his, there would have been a meeting of his friends to say, this is an intervention, we need to discuss what's going on with you. Yeah, I mean, even at one point, like, when they move out to the lake property or whatever, um... He pours out the whiskey. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. But then again, like he continues to prioritize the geese above his Mm -hmm. family's safety and home. And then he goes out, you know, 10 minutes later and gets drunk again, like drunk enough to set a cornfield on fire and get himself shot. So, yeah, there's just I was very frustrated with most of the characters and like Bridie. They almost could have done away with that whole side plot of the teenage romance. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's one of those things where they try. I think they tried to do too much with this movie. Yeah. But they didn't do any one thing right. Not a single thing. Except for save the geese. Yeah, I guess. Which did not need saving. Yeah, they didn't need saving. Do you have any other notes? Because I'm about to put this one to bed. After I read off a couple that that we skipped over just for because we were trying to move through the two hour and 12 minute plot. Yeah. I was going to ask if you were going to do the questions. Um, yeah. The, 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 well, the questions are going to be pretty much the same as last week. So I'm thinking, but um, I actually did take down, like I said, a couple of other notes. There were actually three Bible references in this. Oh, yeah. in this book. They have Luke one fifty two. Which is, I can't even remember what that is. I used to know what that one was. And I'll be looking that one up while I am. And then Liddy, when she was talking about coming, staying with him, she quoted um, Ruth 116, which is wherever you go, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew 7 1, which is, pulling up, up as we speak, should have had this ready, I apologize. But one long, all right. Uh, Luke one fifty two says he has brought down rulers from their thrones from their thrones and has lifted up the humble because it was when he was talking about petitioning the federal government for being able to do what he wanted. Oh no, that that was she actually said that after he came home with his broke foot. <laughs> I just realized I was like, wait, that's <laughs> really messed up. And then Matthew seven one, go ahead. Oh, I, I just said, what are you saying, Liddy? What are you trying to say there? <laughs> and, uh, of course, Matthew 7, 1, I should have known this one, too. It was, do not judge or you will not be judged, which was when they were talking about the the town council and everything like that. Yeah. So, um... I don't even think this movie, like, was preachy. No. Like, it was like it... Like, what was the message? There really wasn't... A positive message out of this movie. Save the geese. Yeah. Every goose matters. Um, what were they eating for Christmas Eve dinner that they were eating at nine o'clock? At- well, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Because they were waiting on two people to actually show up, and then somebody commented that it's nine o'clock, and that oh. was when they gave the ermine coat. And I mean, that whole t- table was slapped full, and I want to say there was a goose on the table. Oh my gosh, if if there's a goose on that table, this whole movie was a mistake. Uh, well, okay, so this is also, okay, yes, they were having company at like 9 o'clock at night because she's opening the present and then mm-hmm. later people show up and they're singing and Bridie is there in her dress, which gross, like she walks in in that dress and all of the old men are like instantly drawn to her which yeah. I thought was kind of like grody because she's 17 years old. They're yeah. all surrounding her looking her up and down like ugh. Yeah, I actually put um, Buck got Twitter painted at sight of Bridie in a dress. Yeah, well that's acceptable because he's young but like all of the old men surrounding her like hey you look nice like that's weird. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all. Uh, yeah, that's all that I've got. That's of any importance. And those last few really weren't. 
important, but I thought it was just funny that they were sitting down to eat like 9.20 at night yeah. on Christmas Eve. Okay, so this is a very controversial movie, obviously, since Disney didn't want for you to see it, or me, or Icky. <laughs> so we will move into the three questions, the first of which is, what is today's impact on this movie? Um, okay. I actually have notes for this. First of all, it, I mean, you know, it's coming because it hits you right off the bat with the content warning, um, for negative depictions and mistreatment of people or cultures. And, um, so Nagash is the only native American character in the movie, but he is played by an Italian actor. As was done back in that day, because the, Roadside Indian was actually an Italian that had the tear when the person threw the the trash out. Mm. Not that I'm making excuses, so please don't take that as that. Right. Um, there, like, just a few minutes into the movie, there were a couple of gross comments about Native Americans. Um, that, uh, like, he, Cam, I guess, spends time with Indians instead of respectable people. Mm. Um, which obviously they mean white, but it's just like, it wasn't necessary. Like there's no reason for that to be in here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they, like, I think I mentioned this earlier, they insinuate that Cam's crazy because he was raised by Native Americans Mm -hmm. or grew up with Native Americans or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that all would change today. Yeah. Well, let let me let me ask what we started asking with the last movie. Would this movie get made today? I hope not. Like I mean, if they did, they they would need to make a lot of changes. Like it definitely wouldn't be about geese. Yeah, it would be more about like the polar bear or seals or something that's, and it would actually be written to be on like the west coast where those things are more. Well, I'm not going to say abundant because... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I said I hope not. If if they were going to try to remake this, it really wouldn't even end up being the same movie, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, because, there, like you've said, there's so many... And like we've both said, I don't want to say like you've said, but like we've both said throughout this, there's so many iffy parts that if it would be made would be cut out and it'd be like a 30-minute Saturday night Disney probably following Pepe, who still (laughs) is not getting a Disney show. They've actually started, and this is a very bad tangent, but it is very relevant. They just released something that the Magic um, Dr. T... And the Electric Mayhem. (laughs) Yes, they're getting their own Disney show. I saw this and I thought, I wonder if if we could find a way to sneak that in between movies. We may, we may be able to get that in. It may, be, it may be like a one-off where we cover the six episodes or whatever to see if Pepe tries to hone his way into the band. I'm excited, yes. I can't wait for that. But I digress. That that was, like I said, that was a tangent. And you know I'm stream of conscious on a lot of this. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll tiptoe around the rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's keep talking about the geese. <laughs> okay. Um, is this movie mirrored in culture? No, I don't think so. Was never mentioned until we looked it up on Disney 
wasn't even a recommended for you on Disney. No. And Disney tried to take it off of my screen by throwing yes. up a different recommendation. So Yes. So I guess the most important question is how does this fit into today's society? Mm, it doesn't really. I mean, in the context of geese, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, no. I can't think of anything. Like, I would hope that that the alcoholism would be dealt with. But, like, no. Does it fit into today's? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm tending to agree on all those. All right. Well, do we have any geese hunters out there listening? If so, we're sorry that, that we have drug you into those Callaways. Let us know what you think about the movie. Did it kick you off? Did did you actually continue to watch it? Did you have any run-ins with wild geese? <laughs> yes. Did you watch? Did did you have to watch out for flying geese while you were watching this movie? Actually, I did. Um, I I told my husband I've been watching this movie about geese, and um, I was driving down a a road out. It's a long story, but I was driving and a flock of geese crossed the road in front of me and would not move. I was just stuck there on on a busy, um, one of our busy streets here with just a bunch of geese sitting in the middle of the road refusing to move. And then I came home and finished the movie. (laughs) Well, there are always geese around where I'm at. There's a pond where Thompson goes to daycare that geese tend to flock to. So I guess I will need to be a little bit nicer to them now that I've watched this movie. Because we definitely don't want the Micmac to die. No, don't want to let Cam down. Well, if you have strong thoughts or just have any thoughts about this, send us a email. The um, email address will be in the tag at the end of the episode. And if you have a couple of minutes, rate us, review us, tell us what you think on whatever streaming device it is that you're... Um, listening to us on and then send us an email so we can take a look and it may get read on the air just like your email will um i promise not all movies are going to be like this kyra is probably like thank god because (laughs) since i've come on you have had some humdingers listen like i said it's fun to watch things that I wouldn't normally choose mm-hmm. and um, talking about them in this way m- makes it fun to watch them even when they're not fun. <laughs> well, next week's movie should be fun. It is another Haley Mills joint. Oh, boy. It is That Darn Cat, which will be the first time that I have watched that movie, but I've heard a lot about it. And I think I've seen the Christina Ricci 1997 remake of it but that's your homework it'll it'll definitely be a whole lot lighter than sitting through this um so until we talk again next week stay safe stay hungry and watch out for the bear in the um root cellar will you <laughs> not y'all thank you for listening you can send us feedback at be kind rewind dmp at gmail.com we welcome any kind of feedback and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. 
Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Seemed like he was one of the first ones to get picked off. He got hit by a sniper from like seven miles away who was shot by Bradley Cooper, I think. I'm not sure. They didn't show him on on stream. Yeah.